Baruch Haba to the Aliyah Shel Dia. Welcome to the Aliyah Day. Rosh Hodesh Tov to everybody. We are in the last day of Savan, last few hours before sundown. To those of you who did Yom Kippur Katan today, hope it was a wonderful, refreshing, and renewal. And we're getting ready to go into our second Rosh Hodesh. And we are starting out with the month of Tammuz. So remember, we're getting our eyes right. So shalom to all of my peoples who are already in the crib. Baruch Hashem. Welcome, everybody. I realized I got off to a crazy start yesterday, and I didn't introduce myself. Some of you know me as Shomerman. Uh, many of you know me as Amet Ben Mordecai. But I just want to let everybody know I am Amet Ben Mordecai. The goodbye of Sar Shalom Synagogue and shouts out to our goodbye of Sar Shalom Tulsa, Mr. Shimon. Ben, get you some. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. So, yes, and uh, I am Shomer Man. So, without further ado, we don't have that many verses for the Aliyah today, but I want to go ahead and get into that so that I can make sure I don't run out of time because you know I run out of time. But, uh, you know, I said something yesterday that uh, about us being in exile, and I was sourceless. And for me, that's painful. It's like you have the right to remain sourceless until proving sourced. You know, like sources hatred is just a no-go. Like, it's just totally against me. So, I wanted to source out why are we in exile and making proselytes is the MO that we're supposed to be doing. So, it comes from Pesachim 87b, not Pesachim 89b. So, here's what it says, verbatim. And Rabbi Eliezer said, HaKadosh Baruchu, the Holy One, blessed is He, exiled Israel among the nations of the world in order, oh, Slika, only in order. Oh, big deal. Only is a big word. There's the main point of exile. Just so happens to match Matthew 28. But, you know, we're in the town mood right now. But, uh, yeah, it says only in order that converts will be added on to them. So that's important. The footnote says if the purpose of exile was solely to punish the Jews for their sins, God could have selected some other form of punishment. God chose. Who chose? God did. Is that why Yeshua said, now listen, I'm going to need everybody to go out to the four corners of the world, and I need you to make Talmudim of the nations. Because, you know, my dad, he said, that's what we're supposed to do. I know you don't want to go into exile. I know it's horrible. It's painful. You know, you got to go among the nations and stuff like that. But Acts chapter 10, think about that. Anyway, so, yeah, God God chose it. God chose exile. So, therefore, if we say, well, we're done, God, and we're going to go home regardless of if you bring us home. We're going to go home, and that's it. We're done making proselytes. We're going home. It's like, excuse me, if God started it, God's going to finish it. So, we're called to be faithful to the mission, to the mission. Okay, so God chose exile so that the knowledge... Of the true faith. Say true faith. Right now we got a lot of not true faith being preached. We got to work on that. 
says the knowledge of the true faith would be spread among the nations of the world brought down by the Maharsha so that's Pesachim 87b I think it's super super important that we remember that nothing wrong with wanting to live in Israel nothing wrong with wanting to be done with exile nothing wrong with crying out and screaming at the top of your voice saying HaKadosh Baruch please send Mashiach now but just remember until he gives us the let's go then uh, we need to be making proselytes so that was that all right so let's get to our reading uh is anyone from maine on yet do we have a maine and uh we got i know we got a person from scotland do we have an irish person so <laughs> brigashem i see hadzila over there telling me uh, about no sourcelessness appreciate that <laughs> brigashem so we are on page 825 nope just kidding we're on page 823 in the Art Scroll Humash. We're starting in verse 14. Aliyah 2. Ready? Go. Moreover. Somebody's favorite word is moreover. I just want to echo that that's just a crazy word. Moreover is just like, all right. You did not bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey, nor give us a heritage of field and vineyard. Now, who's talking right now? A bunch of Levites. I forgot to mention, I, I lovingly refer to Korak as cousin Corey because this is Moshe's cousin. And apparently he forgot about how, uh, you know, birthrights and stuff work because he's all tripped out on uh, Mountain Dew or something talking about, I'm next in line, Moshe, so I need some honor and respect around here. I need some respect on my name. And Moshe's like, you're talking to the wrong person. And side side note, uh, you're got a pretty bit of a bad attitude going on. That ain't gonna work. So I bring that up because Levites don't get land. Yeah. He's talking about, you ain't gave us no land, Moshe. It's like, uh, you're a Levite. Your heritage is Hashem. So you're going to be dispersed among the land, among the other Israelites, and you're going to be traveling. You are the original missionary. So you're picking up and going to the temple whenever it's your rotation, by the way. So you personally probably won't get a vineyard, Korok, cousin Corey. But anyway, I just want to point that out because I, I read that and I was like, whoa. So it says, even if you would gouge out the eyes of those men, we shall not go up. That is pretty ridiculous. This distressed Moshe greatly. And he said to Hashem, do not turn to their gift offering. I have not taken even a single donkey of theirs, nor have I wronged even one of them. Now, this week's Haftarah portion, Cousin Corey has a descendant whose name is Shamuel, a.k.a. Samuel, the prophet, who was really like the last and final judge, the end game of the judges, kind of a king, pretty much, just like Moshe was kind of a king, pretty much. But the people were like, we want a king. And he was like, why? What's wrong with you? You know, kind of thing. And he says this. Same thing that Moshe just said about, I haven't even taken a single donkey. Like, I ain't wrong, y'all. What's why are you mad at me for? 
So, anyway, it says, going on, that Moshe said to Korach, you and your assembly, be before Hashem, you and they, and Aharon tomorrow. This right here is Hebrew for catch me outside. How about that? Okay, and then it says in verse 17, make sure I ain't going over. All right, cool. Let each man take his fire pan, and you shall place incense on them, and you shall bring before Hashem each man his fire pan. 250 fire pans, and you and Aharon, each man with his fire pan. So, they took each man his fire pan, and they placed fire on them and put incense on them, and they stood at the entrance to the tent of meeting with Moshe and Aharon. Korach gathered the entire assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they or and the glory of Hashem appeared to the entire assembly. End of our reading. Baruch Hashem, I did it. Wow, I'm so happy. So we're going to go back to verse 9 from yesterday. Remember that one time I was all like, uh, it is not enough, or is it not enough? And I was like, what is that word? The word is hamat, hamayat. Okay, the root word is mayat. So we're going to do some Hebrew right now. But uh, just so you know, if you want to look at your Hebrew text or maybe go to Blue Letter Bible or Bible Hub, it's about to get real with gematria, permutations, letter exchanges, numerical values, all that. We're about to do it. So maybe it's helpful if you pull up the Aleph bet so you can see it because uh, here we go. Ready? Everybody hold on to something. All right. So Hamayat is four letters. Hey, Mem, Ain, Tet. Okay, hey, ma'am, I ain't tet. That is the gematria of that word is 124. Now, 124 just so happens to be the gematria of Lapid. Selah. Because, you know, we're considered to be like little, right? Like we're just kind of like a little hodgepodge group of people. Okay, for now, Bezrat Hashem. But I mean, even what we got, Baruch Hashem, all you need is a mustard seed, right? Just just a little one. All right. But anyway, the gematria of Lapid is 124. But guess what? The gematria of Eden, yes, like Eden as in Gan Eden, Garden of Eden, that's 124. Eden. So, Korach, cuz, listen, you have the Lapid. You have Ghani Din, or you have a piece of Eden, and you're not liking it. Whoa. All right, that's not enough. All right, so 124. Everybody needs to remember, 124, Gamatria Lapid. So if you see 124, think about Lapid. Think about Gun Eden. Now let's talk about Eden, because sometimes we never really grasp that the garden is, like, it's not Eden. Like, Eden is separate and the garden was watered from Eden. And if you actually do a study on this, um, you'll see that our original inheritance, I'm speaking from Lakute Torah, uh, Parsha, yikes, I think it's Parsha Korach. If not, it's Parsha, um, the next one, Kukat. But it talks about our original 
reward was actually Eden. So we started in the garden, which is called paradise, by the way. So the thief on the crucifixion stake next to Messiah, when he made Shuba at the last minute, Yeshua said, you'll, you'll be with me in paradise today. That's Gun Eden. That's the garden of Eden, not Eden itself. So originally, before we ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we were going to go to Eden. That was going to be like, boom, like that's it. Now, until everything gets reset, like, you know, resurrection, Olama Ba stuff, and Leela, Leela, beyond, beyond, right now we just get to go to paradise. So, like people call it heaven or whatever, you know, so kind of thing. That, that's stuff that I don't really study too much into because afterlife stuff is more the Hulk. I'm Shomer Man, so I'm just going to chill with my gematrias. Anyway, but if you want to know more about afterlife stuff, Olama Neshamot, any of that, then uh, talk to talk to the big man. Which, by the way, surprise, he's giving the drosh to Shabbat, Bezrah Hashem. And it's going to be awesome. So, I'm excited. Alright, so, uh, Eden. If you go to Pesachim, favorite tractate right now, it's uh, Pesachim 94a. Come and learn. A refutation from the following Bereta. The land of Egypt is 400 parsa long by 400 parsa wide. Big old square. Right? And Egypt is only 160th the size of Cush. And Cush is only 160th the size of the world. And the world is only 160th the size of Gan Eden. Gan Eden is Gan Eden is only one sixtieth of the size of Eden itself, and Eden is only one sixtieth the size of Gehenna. I repeat, the place that is above. Gani Den, which is known as Eden, original reward place that we go to in the afterlife, that's a 60th of Gehenna. That's kind of crazy because, you know, narrow is the path and few find it. There's more space in Gehenna than there is in Eden. And Eden is bigger than the garden, and we're going to the garden. But here's another crazy thing to think about. Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden... Is bigger than the world, but yet it's in the world. That's kind of like, I don't even know what to do with that. But anyway, footnote says that the Garden of Eden is not identical with Eden itself. See Barakot 34b, and I was like, well, what does that say? It says, and you should say, the Garden is Eden. Scripture, therefore, states a river issues from Eden to water the garden, which indicates that the garden is one place and Eden is another place. All right. So how do we get there? Because we're talking about Eden, like the original place that we were supposed to inherit. OK, before we fell and we got kicked out of the garden, we were going to go to Eden. So in other words, this Hameyat word that we're talking about in Bami Bar 16, it's like. Whatever Hashem has given us as a gift, is that not enough? I end this insight uh, a little bit later, probably like three hours worth of information later, but we're not going to do all that today because we only got five minutes left. 
Just kidding. Uh, but anyway, I said, do we cherish the truth that we have? Because Shaul Hashliach, ha, ha the, the Apostle Paul, he, he writes to a young man by the name of Timothy in chapter 6 of his first letter. He says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Okay, so if you know anything about anything when it comes to Torah, Hashem, Word of God, prayer, you know, Hebrew, you know, observance, any of that, Shabbat, candle lighting, whatever you got, whatever mitzvah you know about, having that, even if you just had that one, Baruch Hashem, you get an opportunity to get as many as you want. But even if you just had that one, having that one with contentment is great gain. You're like the richest person in the world. That's like Bill Gates money, if not more. Obviously, it is more because it's eternal. But anyway, I digress. For we brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it. But having food and clothing with these things, we shall be content. Are you content, Lapid Legion? I said, are you content? Okay, but those who want to be rich fall into temptation and a trap and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. I'm just going to go out on a limb here that he's talking about Korok because Korok wanted to be super rich, which he was. He got a third of Yosef's treasury from Egypt and uh, he wanted to usurp Moshe and Aharon and he also got plunged into ruin and destruction, like a pit, which, by the way, is Gehenna. So do Jews believe in Gehenna? Well, if they don't, they have to get rid of Parashat Korach, which is kind of crazy. Like, you're going to take a whole tour portion out because you don't believe in Gehenna. Gehenna is real. It's in a Parashat. And actually, Gehenna is so real that it's the biggest thing that we know about measurement-wise. That tractate didn't go any further than how big uh, or what 60th is Gehenna. Like, it's a 60th of what? It didn't say anything else. That was it. So, that was enough for me. I'm just like, you know, I'll just... If, even if I get, you know, a, a little corner of the garden, I'm fine. Just, man, don't even worry about me. Okay, so, they get plunged into ruin and destruction... For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some longing for it have gone astray from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, O oh man of God, flee from these things like the people had to flee from the tents of Korak and his homeboys. Flee from these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're going to be doing with our eyes this month. Our eyes, fixing and focusing our, our eyes on the other perfecter, finisher and amuna, or finisher and perfecter of our amuna, our faith. We're going to be fighting with these this, this month. It's all about our eyes. What are we putting in our eyes? That's, that's going to help us. Okay? And it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. Take hold. Eternal life is not going to be just, there you go. Here's your eternal life, like like potatoes getting served at the, the lunch place. Like, you got to grab it. Kingdom, take it by force. That's why we're the P Legion. We won't play around. 
says you were called to it. Everybody's called to the kingdom. Did we not just read that? Pest King, what? Oh, yeah, 87B, Baruch Hashem. Getting that source. Okay, so you were called to it, and you made the confession for it in the presence of many witnesses. Now, back up to this Hamayat, is it not enough? Now, I told you about exchanging letters. If you have the dictionary of the Targumim, it's the most amazing source ever. But you go in there, and with each letter of the alphabet, it tells you which letters can interchange. Like, for example, what we're about to do now, Aleph and Ayin. You can always interchange those letters. Guess what else you can interchange? Tav and Tet. Okay? So, doing that to this one word that we're at, we are going to take Hameat, and it now becomes Ha-Emet, the truth. Hence why I said, is the truth not enough? Do you have to go beyond truth? It's like, yeah, I know I converted. Yeah, I know I'm a part of a community. But, you know, I want to be accepted by those people over there. They don't know me, but I, want, I know them because I watch them online. And so, therefore, I want them to embrace me. So, I'm going to go over there because this truth is cool, but I, that truth is better. That literally happens. That happened to me, actually, but I don't want to talk about it because I talked about it a lot on my podcast. I have hours and hours. If you're ever just bored out of your mind, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. So, going on, Ha-Emet, right? The truth. So... When we understand this, we have to understand that we must not belittle truth. Because when we say, is it not enough? It's like, yeah, Korok, you're next to the ark. You and your children are singing in the temple, like the Mishkan. Side note, uh, if you go down the lineage, go over here to this real quick. Uh, do 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 if you go down the lineage, you're going to find out that, uh, again, we talked about Shamuel, but the sons of Korak, they uh, composed 12 Tehillim, 12 of the Psalms. And they have rotations as gatekeepers and as singers in the Levitical choir. Yes, the choir, that came from the temple. So literally when you say you're preaching to the choir, you're being a Magid or a Kohelet to the Leviim. Because that's the original choir. But anyway, um, so is that not enough? Many people would probably like go crazy to like get up there and get on the platform and do their thing. But it's like, no, not Corey. Corey was like, I ain't I ain't with that. I want to rock and roll. I want to do all other stuff, man. So anyway, that's where this verse that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere came from. Because in the art scroll telling, it says this about this telling. It says that telling 84, 8410 is the better is one day. It says it is the first in a second group of telling ascribed by the sons of Korak. And if you go over to that verse, it talks about rather than dwelling in the tent, tents of the wicked, the faithless one seeks security in their fortified palaces and shun the company of God. It's like Korak was like, yeah, I know 
I'm in the company of God, but that's not good enough. Move, Moshe. And it says, But I know that these massive structures are impermanent. Only the abode of God will endure for eternity. One of the things I want to bring down from the Tankuma, I love this book, is that, uh, first of all, Moshe is called Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe our teacher, right? It says this, and uh, Midrash Tankuma, Parshar Korach, uh, Siman 10. Rabbi Hia Bar Abba said in the name of Rav, this teaches that each and every man warned his wife to stay away from Moshe. Moshe stood up and went to Dathan and Abiram. Rabbi Shimeon ben Lakish said, from here we learn that one should not encourage a quarrel. Okay? And then it says, Rav said, whoever encourages a quarrel, a fight, you know, hatred, disputes, whatever you want to call it, dissension, whoever encourages this transgresses a negative commandment as it is stated, that he not be like Korach and his assembly. And it says, Rob Asi said he deserved to be stricken with leprosy. Side note, Legends of the Jews brings down that King Uzziah from the Isaiah 6 thing. Uh, he was actually going to serve the same fate as Korach, but Korach and his people were the only person to get that punishment, so he was stricken with leprosy. So it's like, well, you're doing something as horrible as Korok, so the earth already ate them, but you're going to get leprosy. So for what that's worth, just want to let you know. It says that, uh, so you probably might not want to get too fired up about uh, fighting and telling people they're wrong and that you're right and that you need to listen to me and, you know, you're doing everything wrong and I don't like your sources. That might not be good. Also, it says, it is written here, as Hashem spoke about him through Moshe, and it is written there, Hashem said further to him, bring your hand. Rav Hisda said, whoever disputes his teacher, whoever disputes his teacher, it is as though he disputes the divine presence. Choose your teacher wisely. If you don't like your teacher... You don't like Hashem is basically what Midrash Tankuma just brought down. So that ain't good. Baal Haturin brings down that uh, the summoning of the men for the for the assembly back in uh, verse two. It says that the term for summon is Kerie, which is they summoned. It says this term is spelled defectively, which is without the central letter Yod. For they transgressed the Ten Commandments. It says, It is explained that their defiance against that which God commanded Moshe was tantamount to denying the first of the Ten Commandments. Go back to Exodus chapter 20. What's the first of the Ten Commandments? Anoki Hashem Eloheka, who delivered you from the land of Egypt. So in other words... Not only is Hashem not written down and given to us, like Hashem can't manifest, so Hashem's not divine, neither is His Torah, neither is the fact that we got delivered from Egypt, so you're totally not cool with living an observant life, and so you want to go back to Egypt, and you're like, want to do your own thing. So that's what this assembly was about. 
Uh, also want to bring down this from today's uh, Aliyah on verse 15. Again, it's Baal Haturim. says, do not turn. This, this word appears three times in the Tanakh. Do not turn to their gift offering. Moshe was lit, by the way. He was like, man, they're done. They don't want Torah. They don't want Hashem. They don't want Yeshua. That's right, because Yeshua is Hashem written down. But that's, that's another drosh. But, uh, yeah, he's like, they don't want any of that. So Moshe was like, don't even accept their offerings, Hashem. Like, no, that ain't right. By the way, that's called blaspheming the Holy Spirit because when you do that, that's called the unforgivable sin because the reason why, you're telling Hashem that he cannot save you. If you don't think Hashem delivered you from Egypt, you're basically saying Hashem cannot save. Hashem cannot deliver Hashem is not greater than Pharaoh. Hashem is not greater than Rome. The church is glory. It's heavenly. Uh, the, the language of heaven is Greek, not Hebrew. That's basically what you're saying when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's basically what's going on here. So in other words, why would Moshe pray such a prayer? It's like, well, they already have just took themselves completely out of the picture. We're done, Hashem. So Moshe's like, well, then don't accept their gift, Hashem. Because they don't want you to accept it. So therefore, don't. So, it says, do not turn to their gift offering. Devarim 9, or Devarim 9, 27. Do not turn to the stubbornness of this people. And Job 36, 21. Do not turn to the wrongdoing. The explanation for the similarity of expression is, Moshe said to God, they, i.e. Datan and Abiram, are the most stubborn of the people. Their words are words of wrongdoing. Therefore, do not turn to their gift offering. There's a confession you offer with your gift, and it's just kind of like, what kind of confession is a person who doesn't even believe in Hashem, who despises Hashem, who despises the Torah, despises their own salvation? What kind of words are you going to give with a gift? And what kind of gift are you going to give? You're probably going to give like Cain, like Cain. And you're probably going to kill Hevel, like kill Abel, because that's what Cain did. So we have to be really careful with, you know, the things that make us bitter, make us angry. Uh, what are we fighting about if we're going against our teacher? We're supposed to be praying for our leaders, not fighting them. So end of our Aliyah today. May we all trust in Hashem. May everyone have a beautiful Rosh Hashem Tov. Bezrat Hashem. I will get to some more content that is totally everywhere on this desk. But thank you all for joining me today. Again, 7.30 p.m. is the Aliyah for this week with the help of Hashem until Captain Yisrael is back for the 6th and 7th reading at the normal time. So to everyone, Shalom, Alechem, Lala Tov, and Rosh Hodesh Tov, Shalom.